audio check. Richie, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast, and I'm really excited to have you. Hey, I am really excited to be here. Uh, thank you for, for inviting me on. Um, I think it's going to be a, an awesome episode. <laughs> Likewise. And, you know, it's amazing how the uh, how the universe works. It, my girlfriend had told me about your work and all the great things you were doing and how you were uh, featured by the editor-in-chief of LinkedIn. And, and yeah. then here we are in Miami and we run into you a few nights ago at a bar. And yeah. <laughs> now here we are in your studio recording this podcast. <laughs> yeah, it was, it's, you know, super random, I guess, you know, the, the likelihood that we're, we're sitting here talking, but, um, you know, sometimes you just run into certain things in life and you just kind of, you know, jump at opportunity. You know, you, you, we were talking about, I was like, oh yeah, I was definitely make that happen. So really excited to, to be on here. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad we're here and I'm glad we're making this happen. So how about you start off with how, how do you, this is what everybody's wondering, how do you get featured by editor in chief of LinkedIn? Yeah. So, um, it, it was one of the, first of all, it was one of the craziest things that's happened to me. You know, to me, that's not like something that happens all the time. Um, but it, it was, I started, you know, a couple, probably like six months ago, I started writing uh, basically a blog and, and, a, and a podcast about um, helping patients, like understanding their medications better uh, in terms of writing for patient education, things being that I'm a pharmacist. And I also started a, a pharmacy podcast for the pharmacy industry to help people understand like what career paths are available for pharmacists and also take a brief look into like what pharmacies like across, you know, the, the world, you know, not just here in the U.S., and by the amount of, I guess, by the amount of content that I've been putting out um, in terms of uh, pharmacy and giving my, you know, my two cents on, you know, changes in the industry, uh, I've been writing them on Medium and LinkedIn. And a couple editors have been, I guess, seeing the, the work that I've been putting into with healthcare and with pharmacy on LinkedIn. And one editor had, you know, said, hey, you know, we love what you're doing, you know, keep, you know, just keep basically kind of like keep it up, you know, yeah, we're, we're yeah. seeing what you're doing. And then. Um, all of a sudden, I think that one editor caught eye of it, that she's specifically an editor for healthcare content on LinkedIn. And I think she, you know, shot it to or she kind of promoted it to a couple more people kind of up the up the chain. And, um, you know, he got a hold of it and, you know, and just basically reposted it. So that's really great. So what was the article about? So the article was about um, the new role, I think, that pharmacists are going to play in what I'm calling like the Amazon's pharmacy era. Because uh, I'm sure, you know, I'm not sure if listeners might know, but Amazon, there's a lot of headlines about Amazon coming into the pharmacy space. And, you know, they had recently acquired Whole Foods, you know, to, to probably come in maybe in that avenue. They've gotten some manufacturing or I think like distribution contracts and, and approvals in certain states for that. So um, we're, I'm trying to predict what's going to start happening with the role, the role of the community pharmacist with Amazon possibly starting a pharmacy. And I basically detailed out in that article what I what I saw, like specifics of what I saw, like a pharmacist changing, like how the pharmacist role was going to change and, and, mm-hmm. and what we currently do. So today, when you think of a pharmacist, you think of, you know, your traditional corner drugstore where they're giving you medications and just kind of helping you with any questions you might have about it. 
uh, while they're managing inventory, they're managing their technicians, they have computer systems they're dealing with. Um, and with advances in technology and with Amazon coming into play, the dispensing part of pharmacy, which is, you know, the pharmacist handing someone a medication is becoming really commoditized and it's becoming it's getting cut out basically for that to happen because of robots Mm -hmm. making the medications delivering them and then the efficiencies of amazon's distribution and delivery so what's going to happen is that pharmacist is now going to not have to worry about giving people drugs anymore and is going to focus solely more on helping patients like uh improving their quality of life helping optimizing their medication treatments and regimens so it's a it's a it's going to be a real paradigm shift, I think, in, in what pharmacy in the community is doing. And it was something that I guess caught their eye in terms of, wow, like what something that he quoted in there was um, that the new model might be the pharmacist working for the patient and not for the, you know, the, the drug company yeah, or, or the, the um, pharmacy distributing the drugs, mm-hmm. whereas the pharmacist might start working for the patient. So that's really great. So in your I guess going into that story, what what prompted you to write that? So I when I was in pharmacy school, um, I had only mostly had knowledge of what it was like in the community pharmacy setting and learning about all the different when I when I really got my feet wet and really got on on rotations that went into like the real world of seeing what the care people were getting. And I was astonished by the lack of personalized and like and just genuine care for people like for for them as a whole like as a complete individual versus like just some random number that came in and out of someone's institution or pharmacy and I realized that I really needed to like something needed to change and there was everyone was just going to school every like when I say everyone pharmacists were going to school and they were just getting you know put into the system and they were going into you know either doing a residency or going to work in a hospital or going to work in a community and just it was just like the same like loop over and over again. And I'm like, this is, this is not going to work for the people that need the care. And I decided back then that I was going to start something called a, um, uh, in the pharmacy term, in the pharmacy world, we call it medication therapy management, MTM. And it's basically individualized care for like cognitive pharmacy, clinical services, like one-on-one with patient, Mm -hmm. not dealing with medications or anything like that. It's just talking to the patient, seeing what is needed for them to best get the best outcomes of their of their medication regimens, and I decided to make a company solely on that. Um, and it's not it's I didn't like you know come up with this idea. This isn't something that I invented or anything. It, it's it's been something that's been talked about, but people weren't really diving into it or taking it as seriously as as we should be as a, as a as an industry. So I created a company called Medvise, which is a personal I call it a personal medication management company, and it basically is consultations with uh, individuals to make sure their medications are um, are convenient for them. It's affordable, they're safe, and, you know, and, uh, and most importantly, it's effective. Mm-hmm. You know, it's working for them. And they're consultations that take, a, you know, some time with people because there's so many different things that can come into a person's medication regimen, like their lifestyles, what their goals are, even their family dynamics. So all those things don't happen at a, at a physician's office or, you know, at their prescriber's office. And I figured that we needed to be really more individual. We need to start providing more individualized care. And it just fit so perfectly with the advent of Amazon possibly coming into the into the space where 
pharmacists are no longer going to have to worry about, I, you know, in my opinion, pharmacists are not going to have to worry about managing inventory anymore. I think that's going to, I think we're going to look back just as how today a pharmacist will look back like, wow, I can't believe they actually made the drugs at the pharmacy. Like they like mixed it and everything. We don't do any of that now. And I think that is what is going to be like, you know, in the next 20, 50 years is going to be, we're going to look back like, wow, I can't believe the pharmacist actually handed me, handed people the medication. And that's something we can automate so easily. Exactly. And it's happening. It's like, we already have, you know, there are pharmacy, like the community chain that I work for actually has a robot um, in a centralized location that for people that are taking medications uh, monthly. So we, we already know that they're going to need something next month they'll have a robot that'll fill it and have it delivered to the pharmacy for that patient filled completely. Wow. Had to do the pharmacy had to do zero work for that. And I think that's just the preview of like what is going to be, what's going to be like mm-hmm. when Amazon really comes into play and the company really fits into uh, providing the care. Cause these people are still going to need pharmacy, a pharmacist to help with their medications, have questions and help make sure everything's going well. Cause they're not getting that from anywhere else. So the company kind of fits like a, like a glove into the model of, well, if Amazon's just going to come in and just start delivering medications to everyone, that's going to be completely taken care of. But what about all the other services that patients need in terms of managing their medications? So you so. see it as more of a, a symbiotic relationship with Amazon and how you could actually, like you said, the, the pharmacist could work for the patient instead of working for some large corporation that has no interest. Exactly, exactly. And, and I'm not saying, you know, I don't want to say they don't have any interest, but it really doesn't seem like that because of, you know, uh, they're cutting hours left and right and they're just looking for efficiencies and um, a lot of things are, are forced and a lot of things are has to be much quicker than it should be. And so not only would it be in symbiosis with Amazon and providing those prescriptions to patients, but also with those patients, healthcare providers. So I really see pharmacists as a as an integral role in healthcare where we can be a hub of like someone's overall health. So, for example, a patient with multiple disease states can have multiple different physicians and specialists um, for each disease state, but they could all be linked by the pharmacist. So not only would I be working with Amazon to making sure they're getting the correct medications when they need them, but also making sure I'm collaborating with their primary care providers like their physicians or their specialists to make sure that they're prescribing the right thing for that patient or they're mm-hmm. de-prescribing because a lot of times patients are on things that they shouldn't be on. So um, so it's working kind of on both ends with the pharmacy and with their physicians who's prescribing um, to really try to have like a like a hub of, of, of optimal care. And have the sounds like the pharmacist have more individual individualized time as well as put that therapy into play instead of doing mundane tasks. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 you know, we do so many little things at the pharmacy that it's like, it, it makes no sense <coughs> that we're, we're doing so many things at the pharmacy that it just makes no sense at all. Um, why, you know, being that there's someone that's so highly clinically trained, yes. um, you know, basically being a clerk sometimes, you mm-hmm. know, it, it's just not, and not to say that that's, you know, you know, not, not a good thing to be a clerk or anything, but it's just, we could be spending our time so much in, in so much better ways yeah. in providing care to people where you know, at a pharmacy, ninety percent of my ninety percent of my time, I am not doing pharmacy stuff. Like I'm not doing things that I learned in school. Wow. And not because like you know you learn differently, but I'm not doing things that are providing care to people. And it, it needs to be the reverse. You know, it, it needs to be where I'm spending ninety percent of my time providing care to people that need it because there's over there's almost a hundred and thirty thousand people dying every year by just by just incorrect medication usage just alone and that's you know that's an opportunity for 
pharmacists to play an integral role in making sure exactly. that we cut that number down as low as possible. You yeah. Know, so. Well, it sounds like you're you're on the path to doing a lot of great things. So, the um, at what point did you realize, you know, I I need to make this into its own business or its own brand and and really build this out? It's it's when I when I realized that um that no like no one else was I think looking as seriously as I did, and I felt that. I was going to be the, cause there's other people I think doing something similar and wanting to, but they're really focused on the business model of it. And I don't think that's going to work, unfortunately, which obviously, which is a little counterintuitive because obviously it needs to work as a business model it needs to be profitable. Mm-hmm. But I think that we have to start thinking of it first as how are we going to provide the best care possible? And then I think the business model will follow. Cause that's what I'm focused on, you know, because I, as much as I know that, you know, businesses need to be successful and they need to have the cash flow and, yeah. and, you know, they need to continue to operate for now. I'm it, it's it's like a side hustle for me because I feel like it's most important to figure out how can we actually first provide the best care for them. And then I think with with the thinking of that, people are going to get some crazy value and pe- lives are going to be saved. I think that the business model will eventually fall into place to be profitable. So on top of Medvise and on top of being a full-time pharmacist, you are also the host of a podcast. Yes. So I am the host of a podcast called RX Radio. And um, the reason I, I really went into this was because being a community pharmacist, you only thought, you've only really thought about two different types of uh, roles for yourself. You've either were in the community or you're going into work in a hospital, like maybe a clinical pharmacist or staff, but there's so many specialties of, of being a pharmacist and there's so many different career paths of being a pharmacist. And there wasn't much, there wasn't many, uh, you know, content out there where you're getting, where there's interviews of what those day to days were like for those people. So, you know, at school there was specialists coming in and out and things like that. It was more like a formal setting, but I wanted to create a relaxed environment where, we can one-on-one just find out what a day-to-day like is for a transplant pharmacist or what the day-to-day was like for an emergency or critical care pharmacist. You know, um, oncology, there's a specialty in oncology that I did that, you know, it's just, there's so many different avenues that we just don't really know about. So I wanted to create something where I can have interviews with people to talk one-on-one, see what day-to-day was like to give students an opportunity to, to decide or even other pharmacists looking for career changes to decide if maybe that would be a good fit for them. While at the same time, I wanted to see what pharmacy was like in other countries. So my first couple of international um, pharmacists on there were from the UK. And it's so many, it's so crazy how, how different pharmacy is f- from one country to the next yeah, because of government dynamics or culture dynamics. Yeah. So just starting to see, you know, the differences and, and trying to like get ideas and maybe we can start learning from them. They can learn from us. So um, just trying to bridge those, you know, bridge those gaps. Well, you you answered my next question. <laughs> I was I was going to ask you what did you learn through the podcast? And oh yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like you've learned quite a bit from your guests. Mm-hmm. Have you also uh, is that is that kind of the your goal behind starting the podcast? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm I'm definitely a, a listener. You know, if if uh, I definitely created it for for me, and, you know, as selfish as that might sound, but 
Um, but I think a lot of people are getting a lot of value out of it because I know I am. So I, and I know I'm not the only one exactly. and, uh, I am learning a great ton. I you know, I didn't know that a lot of these specialties, you can build such crazy relationships with people. And I also didn't know, you know, the, the intricacies that some of it can come with and the importance that, that some of these roles have, um, you know, in the healthcare where, you know, as pharmacists, we're always trying to make an impact somewhere. And I think that this podcast is going to provide, uh, you know, opening, it's going to open the eyes of people to see what ways they can have impacts on the world, you know, in a really special way for, for us, like a really special population of people. So I've definitely, I definitely made this for me though, to, to <laughs> learn and, and, and it's what I've been doing. That's, that's really a great reason to do this. I mean, that's why I'm doing this podcast. I yeah. want to pick the brains of people like you who are yeah. doing exceptional things. Yeah. And it's, and it's a good model too, you know, if you think about it, because you, you, you're going to, if it's for you, you, you're not just here, you know, you know, lily gagging, you're, you're really trying to figure yeah, out you, stuff and learn. And, and that's something that your listeners are yeah. going to, you know, hear and, and get exactly. value from. So. And like you said, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that, that want to hear the pharmacist that you're interviewing and, yeah. and want to learn, want to learn more. So, and that's something that I wanted to touch on for you is, um, you know, you're outside of the pharmacy role, you're doing the podcast, you're doing the uh, medical therapy. Uh, what, what do you tell other pharmacists or, or anyone who would ask you, you know, how do you have time for that or why do you do it? Yeah. Why do you go above and beyond when... Other people think being a pharmacist is, you know, you've made it. Yeah. So, um, so, so the two, so the, I guess there's two questions there. Like one, what's motivating me and kind of like, how am I getting it all done in, in a way in terms of what's motivating me is, is the fact that like, I just literally, I want to help as many people as I can. And that, and that passion to like help everyone and no, and also not understanding that I can't actually directly help everyone has been forcing me to try to find uh, mediums to, you know, reach the maximum amount of people as possible, while also at the same time, maybe inspiring other pharmacists to do the same. Mm -hmm. um, so that way, in turn, maybe, you know, maybe I might not be the directly helping someone else, but because I inspired another pharmacist, um, they could pr be providing, you know, as best as care as possible from their version of it, which in turn would hopefully come from like my passion of helping. So the main driver is that like, I really just want to help people. Like, and it's why I went into pharmacy in the first place, but I just realized that I have a possible ability to do it much greater, um, than, you know, than just showing up to work nine to five, you know, as a regular pharmacist. So that's been the motivation to it in terms of how I've been like getting it done. Uh, un unfortunately it, it hasn't been easy because I've had to kind of get rid of a lot of, uh, fun things that I used to do. I had to reanalyze a lot of downtime, um, whereas I don't really have much downtime as, as I used to. I don't watch like it's hard to watch shows, you know, like series of shows, things like like li like little five, 30 minutes, you know, here and there. Like I've had to cut down a football game watching a lot of little things I had to cut out to be able to have the, the, the time that's needed to produce this podcast to edit the video. I do all like the, everything is done by me. I don't have like anyone helping at the current moment. So for me to be able to record a podcast, edit it, edit the video for it, um, even learn about how to edit, like all that, all exactly, those little all things, the, all the tech, it starts to add up and, and it, it needs me to analyze like all the downtime that I've had, that I have and, and that like I need to cut out. So um, it's basically getting rid of fun. 
really. <laughs> but luckily at the but same it, time, the process is it's fun. super fun. You know, the process is super fun. <clears throat> I would have never been in the seat with you here. You know, if, if I was, then this is obviously amazing. Exactly. Um, you know, if I, if I wasn't doing it. So it's a lot of fun things that come along with it. It's just giving up other types of fun is, is, uh, is how I'm getting it done. Exactly. So I did, I did this, like this fun thing on Twitter, um, <laughs> which if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at the pharmacy dude, which it was an available <laughs> handle. So I took it. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> but, uh, on Twitter, I, I hashtag this thing 10 to two. So on most nights I try to work no matter what day it is, whether I've worked a 12 hour shift that day or whether I've been off all day, I try to work between the hours of 10 PM and 2 AM. So that's like a little, I guess it's also like, because I put it out there so much now it's like, I have to work. So yeah. like I put myself like accountable <laughs> to it. So, but it, it's been a solid way to, to really like keep on track. That's, so that's your window of, of work, your window of opportunity. Yeah. Which, which it's, it's no matter what. So even like, for example, today I have the day off. I'm going to do a bunch of stuff. Um, although today is a bad example because it is, you know, a holiday. But yesterday, let's say we did a bunch of stuff. I had friends over. Um, I worked the earlier in the day, but then I still worked again from 10 to 2. So it's just a way to keep me on track and a way to keep me like making sure that like I'm, I'm getting the hours in it, like at a minimum to do what yeah. I need to do extra. That's really great. That's great advice for anybody that wants to do something on the side, a side yeah. hustle. Jump on hashtag ten two. Yeah, it'll be you'll you'll see it'll make it crazy. At pharmacy difference. dude. Yeah, at the pharmacy dude. That's <laughs> we'll be on there doing it. <laughs> so for something that I think we see and and maybe you can uh, corroborate this is the uh, a lot of professionals today the the pharmacists but not only pharmacists it's doctors lawyers other professionals that have earned a high level of degree. And think that, you know, they've made it. Once they hit that degree, they've got the job, you know, they're set, they can coast. Mm -hmm. So what would you say for individuals that feel uh, stuck or out of place or feel like they can do so much more Mm -hmm. and want to do a side hustle like what you're doing? Yeah. So it's definitely true what you said. Like, you know, a lot of times when you get to a position like this where you've done a really high level training um, postgraduate and you have a doctorate in something, usually you can coast. And some people are super comfortable with doing that and, you know, live super happy lives, which, which is the most important thing is once you're happy. But if you're not, you know, and you are feeling, like you said, someone wants to do something more, I think the the best way to do that would be to start really kind of like auditing yourself and first seeing, well, what do you like to do? Is it in your field? Like if you be, if you just became a dentist and you're out, do, is that like what you're super like, you know, you have the most fun doing where you would do it even if you went home? And would you if, if that is the situation, then um, like it is for me, because when I come home, I, I love to come home and do more pharmacy stuff. Then you need to start probably building a personal brand around what you're doing, wh- whether it be the personal brand for yourself or personal brand for the, some sort of type of service that you want to provide. Um, I think start, you need to start building and producing content um, around that. Now, that content can be video if you love to be on camera. That content can be written if all you don't like being on camera, you don't like pictures or cameras or anything, you just like to write, you can start a blog. Or it can be on audio if you think your voice is beautiful, you know, but you don't like being on camera. (laughs) You can start exactly. (laughs) Uh, You know, you can just, you can start a podcast. And, but I think you have to audit yourself, figure out what you think you'd like to do or whether you, you know, maybe you just became a dentist, you just put like, you know, 15 years to become a dentist, but 
you love Disney, for example, like my beautiful fiance does. She's a super <laughs> Disney fanatic. But let's say you love Disney. Well, maybe, you know, you should start writing about that or start doing something around that when you get home um, to to start building that brand and start building that content to get out there. So I think you're exactly right. And, and really, it's just about putting yourself out there, even if the content isn't the best content out there. It's getting in that uh, that constant motion, you know, putting yourself through this habit of putting content out there and then eventually your content will get better you will develop certain habits and and learn how learn what people want to see and and what kind of content you want to put out there and and a lot of times too you know it it might not even be the way too in terms of building the brand maybe maybe you want to build something or build a brand for something but you and you know someone else that is really good at making content you can collab collaborate with them you can help them. You can be a strategist for, mm-hmm. you know, that thing. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, you're 50-50 in on some, you know, on some um, paddleboarding brand, you know, that you sh- help strategize, but they're the, pr- the the producers of the content. Mm-hmm. But you guys both love paddleboarding. Um, now, you you know, you're 50-50 on some crazy cool venture that, you know, whether it be a hobby or it turns into a crazy business. Um, it's also another way to go too. If, if, you know, the producing of content just gives you like, you know, some sort of anxiety or whatever. So (laughs) yeah, you know, you're exactly right. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's setting in motion, uh, towards that. Yeah. And just, it's not, people think too much like, and, and that was the thing with me too. I had to get over that hump, you know, because I started, I started Medvise in the idea came in 2013. I really started planning for it in 2014, 2015, but I was just I was thinking too much. And then one thing that one thing that really started popping for me, which I, which I realized recently was that I think the reason the reason the way this is going to be successful to what I'm doing is because of the brand that I'm going to build personally. And I think that when I can build a personal brand of trust and of, you know, and of care, basically, and I tie that into the business, people are going to see that like this business and this and this individual here I can trust him greatly and I can understand that he's going to try to provide the best care for me as possible. So I think what uh, the reason I mentioned that is because I think people have to stop thinking about things and just start realizing that if they just start building a personal brand for themselves or for whatever they're trying to do and just start putting out this content, stop thinking about it. That's really what's going to get the wheels rolling on it. Yeah. And that's that happened to me in the past. I would, you know, I'd have a whole business plan and a whole, uh, you know, content, different articles that I'd want to write all in my head mm. and I would never put that pen to paper. Yeah. Uh and podcast being one of them. Yeah. Um so when you were first starting out, what was your biggest fear of you know holding you back or what were you worried about? Um a lot of it was most of it was like I'm like, can I when do I have the time to do this? Mm-hmm. Right. That was like a thing for me. I was like, how am I, what, what's where, what time am I going to do this all in? Yeah. You know, like I'm working, you know, 40 to 45 hours a week at a pharmacy, um, you know, trying to live a healthy lifestyle, trying to go out and have fun, watch movies, watch football. Like mm-hmm. where am I gonna have the time to do all that? So that was like a big hurdle to get over to just understand that like, you know, you have to, you have to punt that time. Like yeah. you have to like start focusing and, and, and working. Um, another fear I had was like, how hard is it? Like how hard was like podcasting? If you look at, you know, some people's setups, you're like, what? How are they doing all that stuff? And (laughs) like getting over that, you can just YouTube it and like see that like there's a bunch of people on there willing to explain to you exactly how to podcast step by step. 
Um, that was a hurdle. And then I think another hurdle too, that probably a lot of people can, would eventually relate to is like, what are people going to think about it? You know? And I think getting over realizing that once you have good intentions, I think that people are going to be, people are not going to be like, oh, it's terrible or judge you for it or whatever. But if they see that you have good intentions and what you're doing, like providing value to people, I think it always is going to work out no matter what it is. Now, if you go on there and, you know, you start making content and it kind of feels like kind of too, like you're just selling things all the time or, Mm -hmm. you know, people feel like you're just a car salesman or something like that, like where it's like that snaky car salesman, it might not come off as well. You might get negative feedback or you might not get people listening. And that's what I think people are scared of probably coming off as when as for the most part, their intents are usually really good and, and they would actually provide so much more value than they're scared to even understand. So I think getting over those those couple of things is. I think the fears that you've had are are being faced by so many people out there. Yeah, it's uh, so it's great to hear that you know what you're saying is you can you can overcome that. You just have to, you know, it's really all in your head. It's these limiting beliefs that we put on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's ourselves blocking ourselves from the best person that we can be. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we we it usually is the case of us stopping us. You know, like. Because it'd be you'd probably be crazy to realize that when you start putting stuff on, the amount of people that's gonna like encourage it more, you know, yeah. like and so wow, this is amazing. And you know, there's there's times that you you when you start doing these, you know, the, getting your content out there for whatever it is that you're doing, people will having those same fears that you initially had will be like, oh my god, that is so amazing what you're doing. Yeah. When in your mind you're like, yeah, I just put in like five hours of like, yeah, yeah. it's truly not that big of a deal, <clears throat> you know, to, to you because you just did it. But like the world is going to be like, wow, it's so cool. I'm so glad you're doing that. So um, I think it's just really just putting that pen and paper, like you said, just like hit the ground running and just put your head down and go. Um, and you'll be surprised like a year later of what, what would come out on the other end. You know, I wanted to go back to uh, the, the article, the Amazon article that was featured editor in chief yeah. of LinkedIn. How did you or do you have any tips for somebody that that wants to get their content, um, you know, blasted out by somebody that has a very large audience. How did you, were there any steps you took to, to get the content to them to then pass it on to everybody? Um, so if you're, if you're, if you're intending to write like towards like professionals and, and like to professionals in a specific industry and not like consumer facing stuff, LinkedIn is a great place to start because LinkedIn actually has an ability where you can, you can post, you can write articles on there and post them like a blog post. Um, in addition to, they have the regular posting where you can post like how you do on Facebook and or Twitter and things like that. But there's also a feature, if you go onto LinkedIn, there's a, there's a little button right under your post that says write an article. And you can, it's cool because you can put, you can have a title, a subtitle, you can put links in there, you can put like stock pictures for the hmm. articles. So um, that's basically how, how I started on LinkedIn. And it, natively because LinkedIn is trying to be the mover of like writing blogs for professionals. If, if you start writing enough, currently it's so early in this process that you would get noticed likely, especially if you're doing it for a specific industry, because it's like the, it, it's not huge right now. They're just really starting to push writing content. That's push really long form. Yeah. So right now is actually, if you're listening to this and like you're just now starting 2018 <laughs> and you start this, you're in a really good position. Um, because it, it, uh, it's super early, I think in, in there and, but just knocking out articles and these aren't, you know, scholarly writing articles here. Like it is just me writing how I speak. Yeah. You know, I'm not, 
having professionals edited or anything like that. And, and I, I think it's, it's apparent. I don't think, you know, people read my vocabulary isn't like, you know, like a, like a PhD vocabulary or anything like that. So it, it's just, but it's my ideas, you know, and, and it's just, and it's, and it's coming from, you know, someone that's in the industry. And if you can do that for your industry, um, consistently, I think it'll be, it actually won't be that hard to get noticed. Um, because other people are going to share it. People are going to be interested in what you're saying, especially if it's in your industry. Um, the other way that I would start is on what's called medium.com. So medium.com is basically another similar blogging, another way to just, it's only blogging. It's not like LinkedIn. It is kind of a social media platform, but it's only for blogging. I like to think of it as like if Twitter and like WordPress had a baby, they made (laughs) medium.com. That to me is like the best way to put it. Um, it's a similar thing. You can go on there, write articles, you can put pictures, you have titles, you can put links into YouTube videos if you like, um, on there. It's just a way to start a blog if you don't like want to blog on a specific like set up a hosting website and yeah, a blog yeah. on a website. Hmm. It's ways to start today. Like those are ways you could literally start today. You don't need to set up a crazy website or anything like that. You just literally go make an account and you just start writing your ideas. And um, and then at the same time, you have to I think get attention from other people. And the way to do that is by just interacting with them on there. So. If you're in a specific industry, let's say you're like in um, real estate or something and, you know, finding other real estate people and just commenting on their stuff like, oh, I saw that you, you know, I like your comments or if they're commenting on someone else's thing, but like, oh, I like that idea. That's great. And you just kind of add your two cents on there. Yeah. That in turn, you'll be surprised at the amount of people that you start interacting with. Well, then just for whatever reason, go check out your profile, you know, and then Mm -hmm. like and then in turn, like, oh, oh, I see they wrote because it says there how many articles you've written, you've written. So if someone goes to your your page and says, oh, man, this guy just wrote 20 articles. Yeah, yeah. Like, let me read one. Yeah. And then, oh, my God, I like this article. It's crazy. I'm going to share it. And it's just a cascade that way. And I think that's kind of similar. It's like kind of what happened with me and how I got ended up getting to, um, to some of the LinkedIn editors is because of those interactions I was having on LinkedIn. Um, and it just started scaling up, you know. Yeah. I think that's a lesson for everybody is if, if you want your brand to grow, uh, then being consistent with your content and knowing that it doesn't really take nearly as much work as we think it is. Yeah. And and interacting with people on all the different platforms and in the field that you want to be known or, or branding yourself in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, you know, the consistency piece, it's interacting with other people and it's putting content where, like, there's attention. There's a lot of people on LinkedIn right now that are that are, like they're fully attentive on there. They're paying attention. They're reading everything. Exactly. They're looking for something new. They're looking for, you know, ways to stick out in their own industry. So um, I think per health, I think not, not just healthcare professionals, but I think professionals across the, in, like yeah. you know, all types of industries are, are really paying attention uh, to, are really paying attention to LinkedIn. So now I wanted to jump into uh, what I call our, our monumental questions. Cool. Okay. So, uh, what does success mean to you? Uh, success means to me, um, uh, probably happiness. I would say like once you're happy, you're successful because I don't think I can define someone else's success because you know, someone could say, I'm, I'm going to live off of a thousand dollars a month and just travel the world and like live in different places and be super happy. And to me, that's success for them. Um, whereas that would be a terrible idea for me. Like personally, I just wouldn't want to do that. I wouldn't (laughs) think that's being successful, you know? So, but, so, but I'm not going to impose that on someone else. Um, so to me, what success means is just someone being happy, 
with whatever it is that they decide they want to do. That's great. Yeah. That's simple too. Yeah. I mean, it shouldn't be complicated, yeah. you know, like there's so many things, you know, you, being a human, we can decide everything, you know, everything we do is decisions. And mm-hmm. So it's like, once you can decide and get to a point where you're doing things that makes you happy, that's being successful. So one, uh, going into 2018 tomorrow, yeah. uh, this would be a great question. What is your goal or what are you shooting to, what are you looking forward to in 2018? Yeah. So for me in 2018, um, I want to continue to build, I guess, the awareness of what I'm doing. And while at the same time, like, as again, helping as much people as I can, um, I make YouTube videos on, on Medvi from my Medvi's uh, channel on YouTube. You can, um, there's a bunch of videos on there where I'm just helping people with certain disease states or learning how to use certain medications. So I want to ramp that up and get that out as much as possible to, for people to start getting really simple explanations on how to do things um, in regards to bettering their health. While at the same time, I want to start really ramping up my ability to connect with other healthcare professionals and get the word out of like, you know, what I'm doing um, in terms of both uh, in like for patients, but also trying to help other healthcare professionals and help other pharmacists decide and, and better make decisions on what their career is going to go. That's great. So, well, yeah. something I forgot to ask, but I, I would love to hear more about is the, uh, the Predbot. Oh, the, Oh, Fredbot. Fredbot. Yeah. Yeah. So Sorry. it's a, so it's, it's a, uh, the pH is silent. It's just kind of like how pharmacy is ah. kind of, yeah, yeah. But, um, that was a play on words there. It might not have been a great, the best idea <laughs> now I think about it, but so the Fred bot. So yeah, so I created, um, so there's, I'll just do a quick run through of what an Alexa is only because it's also pretty new and not everyone might know what it is, but Amazon created this device called, um, Alexa. Basically they have little devices like the uh, Echo, Amazon Echo, Amazon Echo Show. And it's basically like Siri on the iPhone, where you can, you know, you can ask it for the weather mm-hmm. and it'll give you something or whatever. So um, mine just acted up for a second. <laughs> it's terrifying, actually. It's like a robot. You know? yeah. um, <laughs> but um, so on Alexa, I created an, uh, an Alexa skill, which an Alexa skill is basically another term for like a voice app, but they call it skills. So I made an Alexa skill called the Fredbot. And um, it's basically a way to, to help healthcare professionals learn the top 200 most prescribed drugs. So a big thing with healthcare professionals are they have to, in most of their school curriculums, they have to either memorize or really know in and out the top 200 drug, most commonly prescribed drugs. Because hmm. it just kind of makes sense, you know, like you're going to be seeing those very often. You need to know the brand, the generic and what that drug does. Mm-hmm. So I basically created a, a skill to you just ask, hey, um, you know, Alexa, ask Fredbot for, you know, a random drug and it'll just spit out you brand name, generic. And hmm. it's just a way to passively learn. And just like if you're doing things in the kitchen, just to kind of refresh that memory of a random drug. Yeah. So that's really great. Yeah. You know, I, I, it's just the, you know, it was just I don't want to call it a beta because it's already out, but it's basically like a, a version one of what I hope to be like a, a really interesting drug tool for healthcare professionals. But um, that also, you know, we can add that into the, to the list of resolutions that I want to do for 2018 <laughs> is to continue to build on that and, and make that better. Well, I think that's great because it's another avenue where you are helping pharmacy professionals mm-hmm. learn yeah. and also being an asset for them. And in turn, they trust you more and they rely on you and they follow your brand and everything that you're doing in yeah. other ways. Yeah, exactly. So. That's really great. Yeah. One thing I wanted to mention, too, uh, as to why I'm doing some of the things I'm doing, which it, it falls under the helping people. But 
I am uh, I'm really sad to see how pharmacists are being treated um, by a lot of corporations. And uh, I'm trying to find ways to encourage them to either think about, really think about if they're happy with what they're doing and also realize, like a lot of the questions that I have for some of the other industries is, what advice would you, like how would you get a, a, a community pharmacist if they wanted to go into that specialty, how would they get there? Because usually when you specialize, you graduate from school, you do a residency and you go into that specialty. But there's, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of other pharmacists that went into one field and don't like it and they want to go to another, but then they don't want to feel like they have to go through the residency training and all that stuff again. Yeah. So I'm also trying to find ways to and provide avenues for pharmacists that may not be happy um, because of their, you know, situations with, you know, with the pharmacy industry as a whole. Um, to just maybe give them ways to, I guess, you know, change career paths or really just start evaluating and, and take action on on what they have going on. So that's really great. Yeah, that's another that was like another motivating piece I forgot to mention. Uh, so. So your daily habits, you'd mentioned earlier, your your 10 to 2 yeah. uh, work session. Yeah. Uh, is there any other daily habits or morning rituals that uh lead to your success you know morning rituals and i always you know i hear this a lot like i hear people have like yeah i wake up and i stretch for five minutes and i am so flustered in the morning like i am not a morning person at all (laughs) so like my morning routine is like figure out how to get to work like that is like my morning routine like figure out how to get to work on time so um i don't really have like routines like that where i um where i can you know helps helps me get into the zone i would say the only thing that I would have, and, and, and this is unfortunate because it's not really like a routine, but like I am a huge Little Wayne fan. And the only thing that really gets me get into you going the zone in the morning. is like is listening to Little Wayne. So I'll throw some Little Wayne on and just get like focused and motivated and things like that for the day. But I don't there's not unfortunately there's nothing specific for me that I can give to say like, yeah, I do this and it works really well yeah. for me. Um, but but I do know how important that is. Um, and I think I have found mine in terms of listening exactly. to music. But um, I do know, I do realize that that is important to figure out, you know, if there's something that you can consistently find, you know, to get you, you know, in a certain uh, mindset. Yeah. So. I appreciate your, your candidness. Yeah, no, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> One last question. What is your favorite book or book you are currently reading? Um, my, I, I don't read a lot of books. Unfortunately, I'm not like a really good reader, which I just took some pictures of my, reco- my report cards, like going back home for the holidays. And like I, w- I did terrible like language arts, like and, I, and it shows now because like, I don't like to read. But um, the last book I did read though, which is pretty recent, it was uh, it was called Crush It by Gary Vee, and it was it was really eye opening for me. And I think it was what jump started a lot of what I'm doing, um, and realizing it, it really detailed out how how it's an old book actually. When I say old, it's like I think it's like over five years old, you know. But it's super relevant, if not more now than yeah. ever. Um, because it's really about people, you know, being the best of, of their individual selves and, you know, no matter whether it's, you know, cooking or whether it's, you're passionate about surfing or passionate about real estate or passionate about, you know, healthcare, pharmacy, dentistry, whatever, it's really about real, like taking the time to be the best at that, that you can be. Mm -hmm. And it kind of details out how and why it's important and what, and like tactical ways to do that. Um, which some of it I probably even talked about today. And, um, but I would highly recommend that, you know, if, if you're, if you're in a boat where you are feeling that you want to do more and, and are, and are, are in a position where you're, you're not as happy as you could be, I would definitely start by reading that book or listening to it. I think there's like an audio version too. Yeah. I need to get on my Gary Vee. I've, I 
consume his content through social media and yeah. different avenues, but I haven't, uh, in podcasting, but I haven't read his book. Yeah. I mean, he's like, honestly, a lot of the things that I'm doing is it's off of a blueprint that he's laid out for people. And he's really trying to like, even, even the caring thing, like I've always been a careful, like a caring person and, and it's always been something I wanted to do. But I think in, in listening to like the way he talks about certain things and his like outlook on life has probably like twofold increased my want to help people. Yeah. So, um, and, and, and then that came from his content and it came from, you know, diving deep into his podcast and things like that. So, um, I'd highly recommend, you know, if you're not a reader like myself <laughs> and you would like to, whether it's listening or whatever, like listen to his podcast and, and, um, and read his, you know, his content. So, and, and a wrap up, what are, how can people follow you or reach out to you? Yeah. So I am on, uh, on Instagram. I'm on Richie Waith. Uh, my last name is uh, W A I T H E. I'm on LinkedIn. My full name is Richard R Waith on LinkedIn. If anyone's interested in following me there. Uh, Twitter at the pharmacy dude love inter- I Twitter has like reinvigorating been reinvigorated in my life. <laughs> I don't know if you if you're uh, if you're on there or not, but it's just such an easy way to talk to people like random people. So um, that's probably a really easy way to, to start chatting with me about anything is on Twitter. Um, and my email is Richard at medvise.com in case anyone wants to shoot me an email. Richard at medvize.com. That's great, man. Well, thank you for being on as a guest today and really appreciate having you no this was fun man i really appreciate you having me on thank you so much hey guys i really hope you enjoyed what you just listened to make sure to follow us on your favorite social media platforms and however you're listening whether it be on itunes soundcloud google play or something else we didn't just mention we'd appreciate you to subscribe leave us a rating and even drop us a comment and let us know what you think and until next time see you over the counter